When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, I'm Dr. Caroline Leaf, and welcome to my podcast. Each week, I focus on topics related to mental health and discuss ways to help you deal with issues like anxiety, depression, shame, guilt, PTSD, and more. I've spent the last 30 years researching the mind-brain connection and mental health. I worked with patients who suffered from traumatic brain injuries, struggled with anxiety, battled with learning issues, and often worked with families to resolve major relationship and communication problems. In this podcast, you will hear the advice I gave to my patients and the techniques I developed and used to help them find healing. My goal is to give you simple, effective and practical tips and tools to help you take back control over your mental, emotional and physical health. Before I begin today's discussion, I want to take a moment to thank everyone who has supported this podcast, either by leaving a review, spreading the word, sharing episodes with friends and family, and posting about this podcast on social media. I love reading your reviews and learning how I can make this podcast even more helpful. Why do we keep making the wrong decisions? We've all done this, and it can be so frustrating. For example, very recently, I was really busy between conferences. I literally got up at four in the morning, been done a very late night conference the night before, got up at four to fly back to another, uh, back home to Dallas to do another conference. And then we had to go from there to another conference and then another one the next day. And this was on, on the back of a very, very busy week and a lot of production. And I'm always telling everyone to take thinker moments and to take time out. And we had jam-packed our schedule so full that we did, had not done that properly. And I was feeling it on Saturday morning. And so was my husband, Mac. And we received a phone call from one of our children. And that phone call just set off a whole sequence of negative events. We all overreacted and all got mad. And I then got mad at my husband for getting mad and tried to calm him down, but got mad trying to calm him down. And I just made one bad decision after another. So did my husband. And what was a very calm, tired moment turned out into an explosion. And then we eventually calmed down again. It wasn't very long that it went on for, but it made us all feel terrible because when you have these, when you make wrong decisions in your mind, your entire body's affected. You feel awful. Everyone's unhappy. Everyone's frustrated. So what started off as a tired, calm morning turned into a wild, explosive 20 minutes. Fortunately, we actually calmed down and then started self-regulating and analyzing the bad decision that we had just made. And what really prompted us was that we just stood back and saw ourselves getting mad at each other and felt awful and realized, but you know, this is not right. We, this is what we're teaching people not to do. And we're doing the very thing that we're teaching people not to do. And so we fell in that trap. And this is very much the human condition. 
But we very quickly realized, hang on, this is wrong. We have to be proactive now. We have to apply the principles and we have to go back and look at our bad decision, the consequences of our bad decision, the triggers of our bad decision, and how we can now fix this and move forward into the rest of the day. We are still had to do a couple more conference sessions as well as more traveling. And everyone needed to calm down. In this episode, we're going to talk about why we make wrong decisions and how we can become a proactive decision maker and how to manage the situation when we have made wrong decisions and how to bring ourselves back together again so we can keep moving forward in the day. We can reduce wrong decision making in our lives by being a proactive, good decision maker and secondly, recognizing the conditions under which bad decisions are generally made. So let's talk about being a proactive decision maker first. So what is the difference between a proactive decision maker and a reactive decision maker? A proactive decision maker is planning, anticipating, going on previous experience of bad decisions. Proactive decision maker is a very self-regulated decision maker. It's recognizing quickly when you've made a wrong decision, catching yourself, going and looking for the triggers and moving forward. So it's a very proactive, anticipatory type of decision-making function. Reactive decision-making is you just react in the moment, emotionally, however you're feeling, whatever's going on, there's no planning, there's no self-regulation, you just shoot from the hip and there's consequences. And then you don't learn from that and you continue doing that. And that affects relationships and mental health and pretty much everything. So being a proactive decision maker is so important. And this is one of the things that Mac and I, my husband and I both did on Saturday. Because we have been practicing being proactive decision makers, we recognized within about 20 minutes, okay, it did take us 20 minutes to calm down, but we recognized that we hadn't been proactive in our decision making. We had been very reactive. We need to remember we're thinking beings. You're thinking all the time. And you always feel when you think. You don't think in isolation. When you think, you feel. And as soon as you think and feel, you then make choices. And you're doing this very fast all day long in response to things. We're literally doing this every 10 seconds, even though you may not be aware of that, in response to an incoming stream of signals from our environment. So signals are from people and discussions and social media and relationships and phone calls like we had and then the reactions that we had and it could be texts and, and emails and the news upsetting you, just life. So this thinking, feeling, choosing response is actually our mind in action and it's filtered through the complexity of our own experiences which are our stored memories. So in the case on Saturday, we were tired, we got this phone call, a need was supposed to be met and it was something we couldn't meet at that moment. And we basically reacted negatively based on tiredness and being rushed and not being proactive. And we also based it on our previous experience of how this person had reacted in the past. We didn't even give them a chance to explain themselves. We just assumed that they were being like they were in the past, which was quite difficult. So we entered that situation tired without thinking through the situation and just made some assumptions. And it totally led to this experience out of unnecessary explosion. If we were proactive instead of reactive, we would have stayed calm, recognized we tired, not made the assumptions, and calmly walked the person through the need that they had. But we didn't do any of that. So these these assumptions that I'm talking about that we had about this person who phoned us, those are memories, existing memories that 
were in our both our brains, both Mac and my my brain, from working with this person in the past. And we just by the because of the tone of the voice, we just made the assumption that the person was coming from that particular angle. So that was a memory from the past that moved into the conscious mind, and that is how we perceived that situation. But it was wrong, and we just reacted. So we've got to be proactive as opposed to reactive. If we had been proactive, we would have calmly evaluated how we were viewing the situation and taken the time to say, is this what you meant? Is this what you're asking? But we didn't do that. A proactive decision maker is deliberately doing an analysis of the incoming information in comparison to the upcoming information, the existing information, how you're viewing the situation. It's very intentional. And it also helps us to see how you, it helps you to see how you are viewing the current situation. It also means that you literally have to stand back and take a breath, that you mustn't just talk quickly and respond quickly. We need to kind of slow down our response to give ourselves time to actually look at the situation, look at the upcoming memories, because every situation will stimulate existing memories. It's just how we work as humans. The minute you hear or see something, you're going to have some existing memory, which is in some way related to that information, moving into your conscious mind, which influences your perspective of the situation. And it's not always bad. It could be really good stuff. So that's why it's just very important that we are aware and we look at how we are looking at the situation to check if our perspective is healthy or toxic. Because if it's healthy, you'll make a good decision. You'll respond correctly. If it's toxic, you're going to react. You're not going to be proactive. We literally need to train ourselves to observe our thinking and feeling in response to the incoming information and get very objective before just making a decision. Otherwise, we're going to fall prey to reactive and potentially harmful choices, which is exactly what started happening to in our house on Saturday. Deliberate, this deliberate, intentional way of thinking is very proactive. And the good news is that our brains will respond in a very healthy way if we do this on a regular basis which means we actually have to train ourselves. When Mac and I first got married and we made wrong decisions and got into arguments, very often Mac would say, okay, the argument's over, let's move on. And we would move on without analyzing it. If you've made a bad decision, if you don't analyze it, if you don't do a mental autopsy, if you don't work out why what you've done was right or wrong and how you did and what the triggers were, you are going to do it again and again. And you're going to get and become an expert at making wrong decisions. And as soon as there's a trigger, guess what will happen? You will react in that negative way. So by being a proactive decision maker, you increase in wisdom. So when you're in the same situation or a similar situation and that perspective pops up, that existing memory pops up into your mind, instead of reacting, you remember, okay, that's how I used to react, but this is how I'm going to react. That's how that person used to be, but this is how that person is now. How do you do this? Well, it's not as hard as it sounds. It is hard, but it's, you can do this. By adopting what I call the multiple perspective advantage, I call this the MPA for short. It's the unique ability that we have as humans to stand back and observe our own thinking, feeling, and choosing. So on Saturday, if Mac and I had applied this straight away instead of afterwards, we would have stood back and observed our own thinking. So in the midst of the phone call, we would have been evaluating the incoming information, the conversation, our reactions, the existing memories, stayed calm and worked out a calm solution. 
it's almost like you you stand back as though you, you you it's almost like you disassociate yourself from yourself you become an objective observer you watch yourself having the phone call you watch your facial expressions you watch the thoughts and feelings and your emotions and the kind of almost instinctive desire to react on the toxic emotion you watch that and you evaluate that. And you do this quickly. We can do this very quickly. You can train yourself to do this in just a few moments. And you evaluate the thinking and feeling as though you're standing outside telling someone else what to do. You and I both know it's always easier to tell someone else what to do. It's much more difficult to do it yourself. So by applying the multiple perspective advantage, this is exactly what you're doing. You're standing back and you're kind of telling someone else, hey, don't get mad. Don't react like that. That person's changed. I don't think that's what they mean. Maybe you should just find out what they mean. And all those little voices will go through your head. In this way, you can analyze the pros and cons of how you're viewing a particular situation and what the best next steps are. So for more information on how to do this and become a really good proactive decision maker, I recommend you see my use my app called Switch and see my book called Switch on Your Brain. Let me tell you about one of my brain-boosting hacks. It's so hard to find time to sit and read and learn more, but there's an incredible app that solves this issue, Blinkist. Blinkist takes the best key takeaways the need-to-know information from thousands of non-fiction books and condenses them down into just 15 minutes that you can read or listen to. Blinkist is made for busy people like you. I love using Blinkist as part of my morning brain building and detoxing routine. I recently read The 4-Hour Workweek by Tim Ferriss. Right now, for a limited time, Blinkist has a special offer just for my audience. Go to Blinkist.com slash Dr. Leaf, try it free for seven days and save 25% off your new subscription. You know I talk a lot about how important the types of food you consume can contribute to your brain and overall health. And tea has been shown to really boost brain health, contribute to longevity, and also help reduce anxiety. Ever since I've discovered peak tea crystals, I now incorporate at least a cup of tea into my daily routine. And it's really been helping improve my mental health. Peak teas are made from organic, high-quality tea leaves and ingredients sourced from around the world, delivering up to 12 times more antioxidants than any other tea on the market and are also triple toxin screened. Their teas help give me the mental clarity, sustained energy and focus needed while doing research and podcasting. Peak tea packets are also very convenient. I always have a few of their sachets with me when I travel. Get up to 20% off their teas and free shipping by going to peaktea.life slash drleaf or check the show notes for my special discount. Now, let's review the conditions under which it is so easy to make a bad decision. First one, and it really relates to what we experienced on Saturday, making decisions when tired. The brain has got limited energy and needs recharging. And we do this through lifestyle choices like good nutrition and exercise, but even more so with good mind management techniques. On Saturday, I didn't use good mind management techniques, nor did my husband. We were tired and we immediately jumped into being reactive instead of proactive, as I've just mentioned. We used our limited energy we had left in that moment and we used it for something toxic and were exhausted afterwards. 
Fortunately, when you do make a bad decision and you stop yourself and you become deliberate and intentional about analyzing, hey, we are busy making a bad decision. We listened to our emotional warning signals. We saw ourselves getting worked up. We felt it physically in our body and we chose to pay attention. That was very critical. We deliberately and intentionally have trained ourselves to see when we've been to respond to our body signals and to do something about them. So we stopped. You see, our mind is infinite and tireless, but our brains are finite and get tired. And even though we still had mental energy, we didn't have much physical energy. We hadn't had much sleep. We had had a very busy conference, as I'd mentioned in the beginning. When you're tired, chemicals don't flow like they should through your brain. And the internal networks of the brain can get stuck or over fire. And when that happens, you don't think clearly, which is exactly what happened to us on Saturday. This is like driving through torrential rain with broken windscreen wipers. You just, you just can't see what's going on. It is therefore so important that you take regular mental health breaks in the day in the form of thinker moments, where you just daydream for a few moments to a few minutes as often as you can. I recommend a few seconds to a minute every hour or so. I also recommend if you're in a situation where you've made a bad decision and you're starting to self-regulate like Mac and I were doing on Saturday, that you stop, take a deep, very deep breath. In fact, you can breathe in a way that really calms down the cortisol levels. And that is if you breathe in for four counts, hold for seven and breathe out for eight. That's a very quick way. And you do two or three times to calm yourself down. That's exactly what Mac and I did. He went in into his office. I was in getting ready in my bathroom for the next conference. We both took a deep, did this breathing. And a few moments later, he came back into the bathroom and we then sort, started talking through the situation. Once I'd done my breathing and Mac had done his breathing, I then just closed my eyes for a few moments and had a thinker moment. And a thinker moment is just, I just allowed my mind to just wonder, to daydream. When you do this, it's like taking a vacuum cleaner in your brain and cleaning up the, the mess on the floor. It just clears the, it allows for the chemicals to flow. It starts clearing up the toxic energy that's moving through the brain, the toxic quantum energy. It just cleans up the brain so that you can, it's like putting your windscreen wipers on that work and now you can start seeing. It's so important that you train yourself to do this every single day. I've got to the point now where I'm conscious and deliberate about doing this every hour. I just literally will close my eyes or look, even just stay glassy-eyed at something where I just allow thoughts to move through, just allow thoughts to wander through my mind and daydream a little bit and then I come back into the moment. And while I'm doing that, I always work on the breathing because the breathing reduces the cortisol in the brain and helps the neurotransmitters to flow, which helps bring order back in the brain. It helps the internal default mode network of the brain, which are the circuits internally that are like a, an orchestra that have to play in tune and when you do this kind of thing when you just take these little moments of daydreaming and deep breathing you allow the circuits of the brain just to come back into order again in that state you're much more primed to be able to then talk through in a calm way and sort out the next situation i believe in this so strongly that i use the reminder on my phone and i literally put it in there for seven or eight times a day i type in remember to have a thinker moment and i set it to come up every hour so every hour this thing is popping up have a thinker moment i have found that it is an invaluable mental health tool and it keeps me calm and the days that i don't do it are the days that i do make bad decisions the other thing is to take, make sure that you are 
taking some time in your week. Maybe it's the the weekend or maybe it's a Monday or Tuesday, but you need to have a day or so in your week where you treat it like a vacation. I often work all weekend so because I'm often doing conferences over the weekend. So when I get back from a conference and it's very often it's a Monday or Tuesday, that's very often my vacation day. And even though I may work on those days, I make sure that I only wake up when I wake up, I don't put my alarm on. I make sure that I do my workout. I make sure that I do my sauna. I make sure that I that I just do things a little slower that day, that I have a little bit more fun, that I watch, go to maybe a movie or watch my favorite TV show. And I try and do as little as possible. I only start working on those days if I have to, if I can take the whole day off, I do. If I have to get some stuff done, I work when I feel ready to work. I don't push myself to work when I'm not ready. And another thing is don't feel guilty about taking this think a moment every hour and these vacation days. Don't feel guilty about these because there's an opportunity cost involved. If you don't and you keep trying to push yourself, the quality of what you're doing is going to decrease and the chances of you making more and more bad decisions and affecting your relationship and your work quality and your mental health are going to increase. So taking this day in the week and taking these thinker moments are vital to your mental health. Guilt's just going to lock you in and make it worse. Don't feel guilty. That's an investment in your quality output in terms of your work, in terms of you as a person. So for more on this, see my book, Think, Learn, Succeed, and my app, Switch. The other situation under which we make bad decisions is extreme emotions. Now, emotions are attached to every thought that you think. Every thought has emotions and information. And emotions are physically represented in the brain as brain chemicals. They're often called molecules of emotion. So as you have toxic emotions, you mess with your chemicals in your brain, the neurotransmitters and the neurohormones, and they become chaotic. And you can't think clearly when your neurochemicals are chaotic. We create emotions as we're thinking. So if you're thinking in a toxic way, you're creating a toxic mess in your brain. So this means if you calm yourself down, you can fix up that toxic mess. And that's nice to know. When we change how we're thinking, when we change how we are, how emotions are flowing, our feelings, we actually clean up the neurochemical chaos in our brain. And that happens in a moment. As you stop and make the decision to calm down, you are changing the neurochemical status of your brain. When you find yourself in a situation where your emotions are going crazy, where you are totally worked up, you can feel your hypothalamic pituitary axis going crazy, your heart's beating fast, the adrenaline's flowing, the cortisol's flowing, your face has gone red, your shoulders are tensing. When you find yourself in this kind of situation where your chemicals of your brain are going crazy because your emotions are going crazy, it's best to be absolutely honest with others and tell them, I can't make a decision in this moment. I need to calm down. I need a bit of time. I need a bit of space. Be honest. Go into a separate room or close the door and start with some breathing exercises which dissipate the cortisol, calms down your nervous system, And then it's very important that you acknowledge out loud to yourself how you feel. Differentiate those emotions. Label them. Even write them down. Don't just push them down and pretend they don't exist. By speaking them out and differentiating and saying, I feel so frustrated. I am so mad. I'm so angry. I wish this didn't happen. Say that. Get it out. Label it. Write it down. It starts to actually dissipate and calm. That will calm down your brain. That will 
let this chemical start to subside. You can then also follow this with a very simple physical exercise like just tap your feet or stand up and walk around for a few seconds or rotate your head or stretch or yawn just to shift your focus from your own chaotic thinking and this adds another layer to help you calm down. Once you calm, then you can go back in and make the decision. The next thing that can really lead to bad decision making is being distracted. Distractions lead to what is called cognitive multitasking, which is where you consciously, when you're awake, consciously and deliberately try and do multiple things at once. We, can, we cannot do this. We, we aren't designed to multitask on a conscious level. We only design to multitask on a non-conscious level. The non-conscious level operates 24-7 and it's a very, very, very fast level, quantum level where our thinking and memory building and general functioning of our body and all the complex stuff that we don't think about is happening. But on a conscious level, we can do busy well, which means we can do a lot of stuff, but we can't do them at the same time. They won't be done properly. And there is research, and I refer to this in my book, Switch on Your Brain and Think, Learn, Succeed, on basically showing that when we try to multitask consciously, we will reduce our intelligence. You can increase that intelligence again once you get the stop multitasking, which is like almost creating milkshake in your brain, and you start doing busy well, which is a more compartmentalized, one thing at a time activity. So conscious cognitive multitasking reduces intelligence in the moment. And that's just when you need to make a good decision. Your intelligence or wisdom or ability to intellectualize through things is going to drop off. We need to recognize that as humans, as I've mentioned already, we can do busy well, but it's based on compartmentalizing our task. And what this means is you don't have to slow down at all. You just have to get organized by saying things to yourself like, look, I can't finish this now, but I will as soon as I'm done sorting this other problem, which is urgent. Simple mental comment you make to yourself, or I will make a note of where I am in this document and what I was thinking about this particular issue, and I can pick up here later. And you could just maybe highlight where you were, where you ended off, or write a couple of notes to yourself to pick up later on what you were working on. If you have to attend to something that's urgent, you can also tell people who need your attention for something to give you time to finish what you're doing. Don't just be a yes man. Don't just drop everything as soon as someone talks to you. If you're busy doing something and it's very important and it's at your train of thoughts going in one direction, unless of course it's an emergency, tell them, hang on, I just need to finish this and just get it to a point where you won't lose your train of thought. This helps to keep things tidy in your mind and helps you to prioritize what needs attention and what can wait. It's a choice you can make to not allow distractions to interrupt your flow. You control the distractions instead of the distractions controlling you. See my book, Switch on Your Brain and Think, Learn, Succeed for more information on multitasking. The next thing that affects decision making is when we have too many choices. These are like surges of energy all hitting the brain and the mind at once in an unfiltered way and can lead to feelings of being overwhelmed and put you into toxic stress. And in many cases, this can lead to decision making paralysis where you just don't know what to do. You're just staring at the computer, the page, the person, and you just can't think or impulse choices, reactive choices that you will regret later. So what's the solution to this? First of all, take a couple of deep breaths in and out. And while you're breathing deeply, tell yourself, okay, I'm going to calm down. I'm going to make the right choice. You're going to sort this out. As you breathe deeply and give yourself some kind of calming phrase, like I've suggested, this calms down the neurochemicals in your brain and activates the little switch inside your hippocampus of your brain that then increases your resilience. And it kind of makes your body work for you and not against you. 
Next, you're going to write down all the choices one at a time, speaking out loud as you write them down. So you are thinking, writing, speaking, hearing, all at the same time, which helps bring order back into your mind and your brain. Next, prioritize the top two to three options and toss out the rest. Then, force yourself to not look back at the other options. Remind yourself that even if you made the wrong decision, you have learned something. Finally, give yourself a deadline for making the decision. Maybe it's an hour, maybe it's a day, maybe it's two days, but this will help get you moving forward. So in summary, the four situations under which we tend to make bad decisions are when we're tired. Remember, when we, we need to give ourselves regular thinker moments where we daydream and just let our minds wander. Extreme emotions. These will block our brain. We need to get our emotions under control before you make a decision. Being distracted, trying to multitask on a conscious level. We can't do that. We need to be more organized and compartmentalize the information that we're trying to handle. And then avoiding too many choices, which can lead to decision-making paralysis. We need to calm down, write them out, speak out loud, prioritize, and then make a deadline for making the decision. These are the four conditions under which we tend to make bad decisions. But when we have made a bad decision, remember to do a mental autopsy of the decisions made. So analyze what caused the bad decision in the first place to identify the trigger or triggers so that you can put an action plan in place and know how not to make the same bad decision in the future as a safeguard. This is all part of being a proactive decision maker. If you are interested in learning more about mental health solutions and how to help yourself and others, I want to invite you to my 2019 Mental Health Solutions Summit in Dallas, Texas, December 6 and 7. This conference is perfect for parents looking for tips and techniques to help their children, employers and managers looking for solutions to employee burnout and stress, educators looking for information on how to help students manage anxiety, life coaches looking for more practical and applicable mental health care resources for their clients, medical professionals looking to increase their knowledge of mental health and how to incorporate techniques into their work, and so much more. This conference is focused on providing practical, easily applicable and accessible and scalable solutions to mental health-related issues. I highly recommend getting a group together and getting your tickets now before we are sold out. We will also be offering CME and CEU credits. For more information, go to drleafconference.com. The link will also be in the show notes. I hope you found today's podcast interesting and helpful. If you want more tips and help with managing anxiety, depression, and mental health, be sure to visit my website at drleaf.com and to sign up for my weekly newsletter where I also include a schedule of my speaking events and so much more. And follow me on social media. I'm on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Just look for Dr. Caroline Leaf. Also, I love seeing all your posts on social media about this podcast. I love seeing what resonates with you and what you've learned. So be sure to continue posting and tagging me and letting me know what you think and how these tips worked out for you. And don't forget, leave a review and keep spreading the word about this podcast. Thank you for joining me today. 
I really hope you learned something new and helpful. Till then, I'm Dr. Caroline Leith.